This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Opteo. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash duct tape. And if you go to that link, you're going to find out how you can get a six-week extended trial of this Google Ads optimization software. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Scott Ayers. He is a content scientist at Agora Pulse and he's also a contributor to the Social Media Lab at Agora Pulse and that's what we're going to talk about today. So Scott, thanks for joining me. Hey, appreciate you having me on. I've, you know, I've listened and followed you for well over a decade now probably, so it's great to get to talk to you for the first time ever, yeah. Well, I've been a fan of what you guys are doing there at the lab. I think everybody really likes to see, you know, experts like me can pontificate about stuff but all day long. Yeah. But I think people like to see results, don't they? Yeah, I think that's, you know, I, I've, I was part of the problem for a very long time. I was telling somebody the other day, like, you know, for eight, nine years, I've blogged and, and written about social media. But it was usually that opinion type stuff. Here's what I think should work or the top five things to post to Instagram, but there's no data behind it. <laughs> it was just off the top of your head. And so I think we've, as experts have unfortunately fed that too much. So I love that, um, you know, we're running these long form experiments and really just testing weird little things to see if they really work or not. Well, and I think the right answer to a lot of people's questions is who knows? I mean, because, yeah. you know, I get asked all the time, how often should I blog? What blog, how length should a blog post be? And I really, you know, my best consultant answer is <laughs> it depends. And I think that yeah. that's, that's probably what, you know, the data is actually proving out to you. So explain a, um, uh, an experiment. I mean, how do you, how do you pick it? What does it look like? What do you right. hope to gain? Uh, kind of go through the process of an experiment that you perform. Yeah, so basically what we do is we actually do follow as close as we can the the scientific method. You might remember that from, you know, ninth grade biology. <laughs> uh, so what we do is we kind of go out there and see what people are talking about or see what people have posed questions to us. Hey, what is this? Can you do this? Or is this better than that? Um, and then we, we look to see what everybody said. And see if we can test it first, because there's some things we just simply can't test. If someone comes to me and says, you know, what content works best for the 50 and over crowd? Well, unless I have a bunch of pages and, you know, and, and accounts targeted towards that demographic, I really can't test it because um, the product may not fit them. Um, then, then we formulate some hypothesis based on all of that research that we've done from experts, if we can find anything. A lot of times I'll find stuff and it's just opinions. There's, there's no data on it. Um, and then, and then we go through the process. We, we do the hypothesis. We, we start the test and run it. Typically most of our tests are going to run from anywhere to 10 to 30 days, just depending on what it is that we're testing. Uh, paid ads tend to be about 10 to 14 days, just, you know, just based on the how ads typically will work. Um, and then we pull the data and I, I spend an enormous amount of time in spreadsheets, <laughs> and, uh, because I'm, I'm the type where even though I can go to tools, you know, even like Agora Pulse or whatever's else out there and, and pull data. I, I like to go straight to the source just to make sure um, that, that everything's legit. And it's 100%. There's nobody can question what the data says. So we take all that data and then try to draw a conclusion on it. And what we do is we use a um, thing called a statistical significance calculator, which is a phrase I couldn't say two and a half years ago because um, it's like a tongue twister. But basically what that does is you put all the numbers into this formula and it puts out what's called a p-value. 
Um, and if the p-value is at least 95% or higher, it means you have at least 95 to 100% certainty that if I run this test again or if you, John, ran this test, you shouldn't get the same results. And sign, as far as the data science geeks are concerned, 95% is the minimum, where you and I probably would have said, hey, 50% is pretty darn good. Um, but we have to have that 95% before we can say, yes, this is statistically significant. And a lot of times we find out, like you were saying in the beginning, sometimes we find out it didn't really matter. You know, so if one of them is easier to do than the other, you might as well do that. Or if you prefer it better, you might as well do that. And so sometimes we come up and our results just don't show us anything. But it does show is that, hey, that effort that took you 30 hours a week is a lot. You shouldn't do that when you can do it 10 hours a week. Um, so that's kind of how we, we go through the process in, in a quick nutshell there. Yeah, I kind of live by the uh, the motto that 50 percent of the time 90 percent of the statistics are made up to prove the result that you want right <laughs> right right <laughs> so so how do you though account and i know that the the calculator and the p score you know is trying to say yeah plus or minus you know so much but how do you in social media account for there's so many variables um it, that come into play in a lot of the experience you know on a tuesday in texas if the wind's blowing right. you know facebook's <laughs> going to show something else yeah, I mean, we try to do our best anyway, and sometimes we just simply can't. We've gotten better as we get older here, but we, we try to do it across a couple of different accounts, depending on whatever it is that we're testing. Well, I got to stop you. You said you're getting better as you get older? Well, as as the lab gets older, and I'm getting older too. I'm in my 40s now, so I'm a little less stubborn as I, you know, I'm getting more stubborn actually probably, but I'm actually learning, which is, you know, hard for you to a guy in your 40s. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, what we're trying to do now is we, we try to test across multiple accounts in multiple industries. That way, you know, because if you just test, the bad thing about a lot of us in social media marketing, you can probably attest to this. We, we say, hey, go do this. I, you know, I started, uh, say, back when Periscope started, I started a Periscope account and got, you know, 10,000 followers watching it. Well, you have 100,000 followers. Yeah, sure, you probably did get 10,000 people to watch it. But, you know, Bob Shushak has 10 Twitter followers. No one's going to watch his Periscope. <laughs> so I, I think in the social media marketing world, we were, we're guilty of that too much, just kind of pontificating what worked really well for us. We assume will work well for everybody else, and it doesn't. So, you know, I like testing on small business accounts and local accounts or – like right now on Instagram, I've got like eight or nine accounts that I've been working on for months that are just – they're entertainment pages, if you will. You know, they're about animals. They're about cars, motorcycles, fitness industry, that sort of stuff. Um, but they're all different niches that are very targeted to getting their followers and being engaged. And that way now I can test on them and kind of get an average, you know, across the board. Um, that really helps because what, what happens a lot of times is you have two accounts in the same niche and you test on it. Well – it just may work for that niche. It may not work for the other one. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the caveat with all of this. I mean, even though what you're in some ways doing, I think, is providing people maybe a shortcut, but they've still got to do their own testing, don't they? Well, yeah, I think everybody should always test, no matter what it is. Even, even a lot of stuff we put out there just kind of gives you a guide. You know, here this this did work. You go try it and see. If you're just... If you're someone out there who's, who has a business and you're just listening to 100% what somebody says and doing it and never testing, then you don't know. You may be missing out on something that could have been working for you just because you were, you read the blog on it. Um, so I think you should always test stuff and change up what you're posting constantly because – you know, when social, like you said earlier, social media changes so quickly that, you know, on Tuesday, the wind blowing across here in Texas, the algorithm changes. Uh, and so you've got to constantly move around. But I do think we, our goal is just to kind of help you 
you know, if you're starting out at square one, it, maybe we can help you get to square two or three, you know, a little bit faster. That's really our main goal. So let's talk about a couple of, of the um, experiments and you can expand on it, but I'll, I'll start by kind of what you were trying to test. So uh, one of your more recent ones and a lot of people in Facebook, you know, there's, they've given you lots of options. Now you can have a video carousel image ad, single image ad. So you were trying to get trial signups and you were mm-hmm. testing the carousel. The hypothesis was the carousel ad will outperform the single image ad and generate more free trial signups. And, and I guess it's worth noting that, that you were hypothesizing a result. You weren't just saying, let's test these two things. Uh, you, you were actually suggesting that you thought a carousel ad would outperform a single image ad. And I, I, I would be behind that. What did you find out? Well, you know, in the end, we do, and this was an experiment we had done by a guy named Charlie Lawrence. Give Charlie a shout out. He's a guy over in the UK. Love Charlie to death. Um, sometimes we have guest bloggers do, do stuff for us, which is kind of fun because they have a different set of accounts than we have. Um, and so it's always nice. To, we're doing a test right now with another, a couple of other companies. I won't name them here just in case they're, you have competing sponsors. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, we, have, we love when we get other people to get on there. So Charlie ran this experiment. Um, trying to see if he can get trials over to Agora Pulse. And, you know, in the end, he didn't really find out much. <laughs> it was almost it was almost a wash. Um, you know, the, the 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 clicks on like let's say the free trial signups. Let's look at that number because that was the one we focused on. The carousel ad format got fifty-one free trials. The single ad image got fifty free trials. So basically the same. Uh, we spent the same exact amount of money on it. The reach was almost identical. The link clicks were almost identical. And so what it found in the end is neither one of them generated more signups. Neither one of them outperformed better than the other one. So kind of what that tells me and tells us is, you know, while it might look a little bit better to have the multiple carousels, you don't necessarily need to do it and take the time to do it. Because um, there's a lot of people who don't have that option. Maybe they don't have enough images to do it. Especially, I'm thinking about you know a small business or something didn't have it set up. Um, so in our, in our case, it doesn't matter if we did it either way. Now, caveat there: we did it on one account, and we just did it on you know to our free trial signup. So obviously, you got to know that when you're reading this that it may not you know apply to you if you're trying to get foot traffic into your store or something like that. Well, and just to put out another shout out for testing, I mean, you know, you theoretically could have changed out that single image and maybe it would have bombed or you could have changed, you know, right, mean, right. so many variables. I know, especially on the paid ads. The paid ads are in I'm, I'm doing a lot of our, our paid ads right now. I just started doing them a lot for the lab now. And the stuff you can, I will say the cool thing in Facebook ads manager that, that I'm just in love with is the ability to A-B test and then the ads. Without having it used to be, remember you have to you had to run two separate ads your own and set them up. Now it's just like, boom! I want to test two different images, and now you can just test two different images. Um, I'm I'm in love with the ads manager right now because of to the to the same audience. That's that's what was always the killer. You had to create separate audiences right, and everything. Right. So, so even then, you created your own variables. You know. Yeah, and, and then the ads were running at different times, or they might get the, the the worst thing you can do when you're running an ad experiment is accidentally let it go to a different placement than the other one. Um, so, you, you know, like I just set up one here recently, uh, testing, uh, an image that was our graphic from our blog for the drive traffic versus a graphic with me. And I'm a, we're on a podcast, so you can't see this, but normally I wear this big orange wig and a lab coat, uh, when I'm on our live show or doing presentations. So one of the other one is that image of me, you know, with my hands up in the air or something like that. So I'm, it's gonna be kind of curious to see if people click based on an actual photo versus the typical, featured animated you know image we use for our blog um, but it took like two seconds to set it up in ads manager and we were done 
And you know, one thing that I've learned over the years is there's a lot of times where, I mean, it just makes me hooked on testing. There's so many times where I'll go, oh, well, this is going to, this. look at this image. It's awesome. It's going to kick. <laughs> yeah. But never does. I'm always wrong. Yeah. Um, and so it there's no accounting for taste. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, and it's like you were, it's times, it's, you know, what's going on in the world on that day that you tested. I mean, I mean, just to, there's so many variables that pop in and you may post something that like oh, our guys had tested uh, for Agora Pulse and this wasn't part of the lab, but that they were testing like images of people versus like just goofy animated like bear jumping out of the bushes. And, and the stupid bear outperformed the regular image. It, it didn't make any sense. We're like, this shouldn't work. But people were signing up for free trials like crazy with it. So they use it all over the place. Just, hey, why not? If people are going to sign up, might as well. Well, I um, see a lot of people actually um, advocate that idea of all you're really trying to do with the image is get somebody to stop. You know, yeah, and, and stop then, the thumb. You got to yeah, stop that yeah, thumb. Yeah. yeah. So, th- So that could be what's going on there as much as anything. Right. True. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Optio. It is a Google Ads optimization software tool. And let's face it, if you run Google Ads, if you run multiple ad accounts for your clients, you probably know that it's not the most user-friendly interface. And that's where Optio comes in. You can actually sign up for alerts that you'll get in an email or in Slack. And they're going to tell you, hey, something's wrong. There's a big big cost spike or a spike in impressions or something's not running, uh, you're over budget, under budget, your conversions are going crazy. You're going to get that every day as an alert so that you can go there, you can fix it, you can tell a client about it. You don't have to wonder every day, do I have to go and check out every single one of my accounts to make sure nothing is going wrong. That's opteo.com slash duct tape. Go to that link and you get a six-week extended trial. Check it out. So uh, I'll give you a chance to do a little shout out for Agora Pulse. How does Agora Pulse, the tool itself, help you in some of this? If I'm a person saying, yeah, I need to do more testing, um, how could Agora Pulse play a role in that? You know, our, our you know, of course, we have a lot of different things our tool does. But, you know, for one, at, at the basic level, it schedules your content, which is nice when you're doing testing, especially across multiple accounts. Like I'm running tests on eight to ten Instagram accounts. I could never do that inside Instagram. It would, you know, I would be. Ugh, I'm out. I'd have to be logging in and out all the time. Um, so at the minimum, at least we'll do that. But from there, it's it's the getting the reports, it's getting all the engagement numbers that are right inside the app. Um, it's managing all your comments, uh, especially ad comments. That's real important if you're running ads. You can't really manage those on Facebook. It's impossible, basically. Uh, but we ha- handle that inside. Like right now, we, you know, we've got an ad running that's getting a lot of interaction. Uh, it's about one of our lab posts, actually. Um, it's getting some, you know, some disagreements on my data, which I'm all for uh, the, the discussion. And so I'm having to make sure I keep up with that ad comments and I do it right inside Agora Pulse where I don't have to wait for a Facebook notification and be like, you know, a day late uh, on that response. It's all right inside there. But you can have team members. You can have all different kinds of things in the app. So our, our app really, you know, for me, I only use it for myself and for our accounts. But if you have team members or you're an agency, it's uh, one of the, the best tools you can have. And I use it before I worked for Agora Pulse. So I, I would use it even, I was paying for it before I came on board. Uh, so now I don't have to, luckily. So there's a special uh, breed of animal that um, comments on Facebook ads, it appears. 
At times, yeah, at times. <laughs> it's always it seems like people always want to, you know, there's you don't get a lot of positive yes. You get a lot of this negative stuff on on ads it seems like. Well, I get stuff sometimes that I'm like I don't even know what you're asking or saying, you know, it's like, well, well yeah, you get that, that weird troll type stuff or, <laughs> exactly. hey, come join the Illuminati. You know, like that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about another one. Um, posting content on social media, uh, one of the hot topics, and you specifically went to LinkedIn, but one of the hot topics is, do you get more engagement with long stuff, short stuff? And, mm-hmm. and I think when people are just, Hey, here's my latest blog post. You know, you're probably not getting much engagement, but you tested like thousands of words of basically like a blog post on LinkedIn. So what did you find out? Uh, long versus short for engagement? Yeah, this was an interesting test that um, Melanie Dodaro, who's you know kind of known for her LinkedIn marketing abilities, um, she was seeing an interesting trend um, on her text-only updates. And so we did a test with her first. And found out that our text-only updates on the different accounts that we tested um, got like a thousand percent more views and engagement. It was ridiculous. And so then we said, okay, let's take it a step further. Let's you know see if long versus short works better. And what we do on most of these, and, and now I'm doing it. I've done one on Facebook. I've done one on Twitter. I'm actually about to publish one in a few days that'll be on Instagram, character length. Um, we kind of give an old hat tip to Twitter. You know, the 140 characters. Being the, the under 140 being short, over 140 being long, just to kind of make it easy to to kind of look at. Um, but we, we tested across, um, we did three different accounts. We did a Pulse account, uh, did my own personal you know account on LinkedIn. So you have that mix of a personal account with about 9,000 connections when we did it. Um, and then I use a small local business who actually I'm sitting in their office. I rent an office from a uh, recruiting firm in the construction industry. So very niche. Um, and we tested on, on their LinkedIn account. And we did this over, we did like 14 short posts, 14 long posts, and did it over a two-week period. And then what I always want to do is just average all those numbers together and kind of see um, which one did better on it. And so basically when we get done, I'm, I'm scrolling down and looking here on my other screen here. What we found is the the short text-only updates on LinkedIn got about 13.85% higher views compared to posts that were over 140 characters long. Um, so almost 14% more views is in marketing. That's a pretty good amount. Um, it's not statistically significant in our little nerdy calculator, um, but it's enough for me that made me go, okay, maybe long is not always better on LinkedIn. Maybe people want to have conversations. And if you think about LinkedIn, you know, it, LinkedIn's become cool again <laughs> in the last year or two. Um, everybody's flocking back to it. I've been on the, I've been on LinkedIn longer than any other social site out there, um, other than MySpace, which I guess nobody uses anymore. Uh, but people around in LinkedIn, they tend to be in your industry. So whatever industry you're in, they tend to be in that. And they love to talk about subject matter around that. So if you're doing short updates that kind of spur on conversation, uh, it makes sense that people want to talk about it. So if you're a realtor, you say, hey, what's your best tip on an open house? Well, all your realtor connections are going to want to add in their two cents on it. But if you write a long blog post on LinkedIn, while they might read it, they're less likely to take the time to engage with it. Just like on our regular – you know. You remember back 10 years ago, people comment on blogs like crazy. Now they don't. Um, So I think it's the same on social. People don't comment as much. So how do you feel about the LinkedIn algorithm? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, all of the social networks, particularly Facebook, have kind of made it so that it doesn't matter what kind of following you have. Nobody's seeing your, your, your organic stuff. So do you feel like LinkedIn's still a little bit wide open in that regard? Um. 
I, I thought it was. I mean, I think it still is, but it, I think so many people have flocked to it, and people are getting too many connections. Like for me, for example, I've, I was looking at mine today. I get about 20 or 30 connection requests every day, and I'm one of those guys who just accepts all of them because why not? Um, but now my feed is miserable. Like <laughs> I can't, I'm looking at it, I'm going, ah, this is way too much. I can't take it in. And so I think there's, there's a balance you've got to figure out as a business or as a person, but as a business side of it, you've got to stand out whether that's, you know, now the hashtags you can use on there, which is something worth testing and looking into. Um, I think the shorter updates of live video is coming around, uh, for LinkedIn. I, I think it'll end up being just like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter where, the majority of your followers aren't going to see it unless they go to you um, or they've got you in a list or you're active in a group, you know, or something like that. So I have invented a drinking game for LinkedIn. Um, And so it goes like this, that uh, when people give me a connection request, I look through my connection request for the day and I bet on the ones that are going to reach out to me and try to sell me something within (laughs) 24 hours. And you have to take a drink every time they do. So, Oh, I, I would have taken about 30 shots today alone because I, I, I logged in earlier and I went like I, I'm looking at him right now. I've got like five or six just, hey, I wanted to connect and see what you're how are you doing in there? And there's some link in there. There's a bit.ly link. And then, you know, it's set. that that's the problem with LinkedIn. I think I wish they'd figure that out where, you know, I think there's a setting. Judy Fox probably would know where you could go in and turn off the ability of people to send you these random messages. But uh, I hate the on LinkedIn. The one thing I hate the most is they the anniversary, happy anniversary of your, of your job or your birthday. Cause it's just, you know, you got 9,000 connections. You're going to get a lot of them. <laughs> it's just, I can't get to the stuff that I might actually want to get to. All right. So any huge surprises over the time you've been doing this, did you just get blown away by how like definitive something was that you didn't think was? Um, probably the one that's gotten us the most traction and is the one right now that's getting us the most, you know, I was talking about people commenting on ads for us. We're running an ad right now for, a, a to an experiment we did on link on a Instagram, um, that it's, it, is it better to put the hashtags in the original post versus putting it in the first comment? Um, because a lot of people for years have been teaching, put it in the first comment, put it in the first comment. Um, and, and up until recently, there was no tools, legitimate tools anyway, that would do that. There are a few now that will do the first comment and Instagram's allowing it for whatever reason. Um, and so we tested that because my theory was my hypothesis was that you would have a higher reach if you put it in the original post, because I'm not a fan of stuffing it into the comments. Cause to me, it just looks a little, I don't know. I just don't like the look of it. It looks a little spammy. You know, it's like you're trying to get around everything. So we tested it across three different accounts, our Agora Pulse account, my personal account, which is set up as a business account. Uh, and I, I, at the time when I ran this test, I actually had a, uh, a local bounce house business, you know, renting out bounce houses and water slides and stuff. Uh, fun little business. I loved it today. I did it for about five years. I sold it to my brother uh, recently. I got tired of being out in the heat in Texas. Uh, <laughs> so what we, we found um, what was pretty interesting was – the when we put the hashtags in the original post, so r- whenever you schedule it or post it, you put it in the original post, it had 29% higher reach than if you stuffed it into the first comment. Um, that's a lot. That's <laughs> a big difference. Uh, you know, if, if you can get, if I can get 5% more reach on Instagram organically, I'm going to do that. 29% says a lot there. Um, 
granted it was three accounts. You know, we could probably, I'll probably go back and test this across some more accounts just to kind of see if it changes anything. Um, but what that tells me and, and, and it went against the grain first for a lot of what our, our friends in the industry have said, and I actually got a couple of, of not so nice messages <laughs> on this one, uh, because a lot of people are teaching this and they've taught their followers this for a long time, that stuff in the first comment, spread in the first comment, but it, it goes again. It, what it, what tells me is Instagram has gotten smart to that for one, that marketers, anytime marketers come up with something and it kind of gets around the algorithm, what happens? They always change the algorithm on us. Um, and so the hashtags are for your aren't for your followers or for people who are going to discover you and find you. So you want to get it out there as fast as you can. If you don't get it out there right at the beginning, or if you put it down in that comment, your likelihood of being in that explore feed is decreasing, obviously, because so it's timestamps. So that was probably one of the ones that's got is the most engagement, the most, you know, people disagreeing with us. Uh, but I challenge that. I'm like, okay, go, go test it and tell me what you see. Um, well, and I think you bring up a, one really good point. You know, if, if, if you do a test and let's say we back to our original Facebook one and the carousel ads are just slamming the single images, it's like, yeah, well, everybody's going to go that direction. And then guess what? A year later, nobody wants to do carousel ads because everybody's doing them and it. And, and I'm yep. sure that, you know, I'm sure that some of your experiments you could go back and retest and, and you know, a year later and because right. of whatever variables, you know, you'll get completely different results. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's, that's just the name of the game in social media. Then, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, LinkedIn, I mean, they are businesses who are out to make money. And so, I mean, they're going to make sure that, for one, that they create a need for you to run ads. Let's just be honest. Uh, and so organically, when we when the marketers have figured out a you know a way to get around the algorithm, they're always going to adjust. It's not like they don't know. Um, if you remember back years ago on Facebook, there was that whole thing with um, there was a lot of clickbaiting. You know, you put an image of a baby, you know, up, and then you had some funny description, but the link would be to something else, you know, <laughs> to your, to a landing page or you know, a, a quiz game or something like that. Facebook got smart to that. And what they do, they, they diminish the reach of those sort of posts that had a link in the photo with the photo. And so they are always going to figure this stuff out when you do that. Now, I guess a year later, they'll come around and it might change that. So it's a constant thing. You've got to test. But, um, for me on this one, you know, if, if I'm going to get at least five to 10% more reach, but just put it in the first comment, I'm going to put it in the first comment. I mean, the first in the original post, excuse me, even if that means you do the whole white space thing, you know, you, you make it where it goes to the read more on Instagram and then you kind of put it below that where no one in the feed sees it, but it still shows up in the explore tab. Even if you do that, at least, at least get it out there when you schedule it and post it and don't waste your time. It's funny. Comment. I've seen a few people doing that in LinkedIn now where they're just making their comment as big as possible <laughs> and they're putting a link in it so that, you know, it takes uh, over the entire thing. So, well, there's a lot of people right now. I've had people actually come to me and say, hey, can we, I want to test putting the link in the first comment on Instagram. I mean, on LinkedIn, uh, because they're, they're seeing better results from it. And so maybe there is a little trick. But again, that'll change as soon as LinkedIn figures it out. So, Scott, where can people find out more about the Social Media Lab and Agora Pulse? Yeah, you can find us. Our, our little room on in the house on Agora Pulse is agorapulse.com uh, forward slash social media lab. Um, you can find us everywhere on, on all the social media um, sites. at We're at Agora Pulse Lab. That's a brand new uh, social media accounts we've created here recently on all of them. So don't, the follower account's low on them, but we decided to finally get our own accounts here in the last couple of months. So Agora Pulse Lab 
you'll find us everywhere. Or you can search Social Media Lab on podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Well, thanks, Scott. Uh, I love Social Media Lab. Uh, a lot of fun there. And appreciate you stopping by. And hopefully we'll run into you soon someday yeah. on the road. Thanks. thanks for having me on, John. I really appreciate it.